0: Well, hello there, everybody. It's me, Colin Parker. I am on the road, hence why I am speaking to you through a headset microphone. Not my usual dulcet tones, but the thing is, just because I'm on the road doesn't mean that I'm not going to take the time to remind you that the giveaway ends today. Now, if this is your first time hearing about the giveaway, let me real quick break it down for you. What you need to do is is go to at Timeline Scav on Twitter, and go to our pinned tweet and in the comments section tell us how many episodes you think it's going to take us to get through 1931 we have not yet said it in an episode on this show and we're going to be here for a while this is now the 11th episode that's coming out today so with all that in mind go out and make your best guess and win a free piece of Timeline Scavengers merch and in the meantime it's time to get into the episode see you in about 30 seconds You know it's funny you were talking about the one alcohol that uh removes your eyesight and i was like that's yeah, just what yeah, happens no. that's what happened to uh daredevil he didn't get hit by anything like too crazy he just he was like oh i'm gonna try this drink and show the kids that i'm a cool kid oh god i gotta make someone up uh uh rocks on uh destroy my eyeballs yeah. i didn't drink i swear dad <laughs>
1: rocks on liquor Have, enjoy it on enjoy it on the rocks rocks enjoy on.
0: it on the rocks on is, ex- is actually a very good <laughs> slogan okay uh we're getting into the weeds hey
1: everyone and welcome to timeline scavengers the podcast specifically designed to last forever i'm james anderson one of your hosts
0: and i'm colin one of your other hosts on this show we're going through the mcu in historical order scene by scene until the end of time until they stop putting stuff on the disney plus that we can talk about
2: <laughs> Granted, right
0: this is netflix and real fast side note before we do anything else i do want to remind everybody that sometimes we're going to talk about the netflix stuff and our buddy kevin quote unquote said it's not canon anymore but listen we don't care about that we're this is our canon anyway changes tune um you know what is canon though Ooh, what is our guest He's real. He's a, he's a, he's a real human person. I don't know why I describe that like he's an alien. I'm trying to cover it <laughs> up. Uh,
1: he's not. He's not. <laughs>
0: so, uh, Mark, welcome back to Timeline Scavengers. Thank you.
1: Thank you Mark, you so it much. seems like it's been just about exactly a week since you joined us, uh, last time. It has to um, the, to the minute. To... The minute, wow, Colin. There's a lot of pressure on you to publish this at the same minute. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, it will guests. actually
0: come out at the same minute, so it's <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's always um, published at a certain time.
1: Mark, you ready to talk um, about some uh, 1930s uh, goofballs? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I I, uh, okay. I, I, like I like being here. I find it very. Uh, I find I can speak easy with with both of you. So uh-huh. so let's get let's get into it. Wait a minute. You know I just
1: realized, Mark, is that we were just last episode, we talked about speakeasies. Isn't that weird that you... Whoa. <laughs> we're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're still in 1931. We're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 1. Uh, you're going to start at 17 minutes and 33 seconds. You're going to end at 19 minutes, 21 seconds. Here's the synopsis from the MCU wiki. Coulson and Mackenzie go to the safe house. They knock. A man opens a slot in the door and asks for a password. Coulson says it it's uh, swordfish. If you don't remember, this is part of a long episode synopsis. So they didn't feel the need to reiterate, but the password is swordfish. Uh, he lets them in Mackenzie and Coulson go to the bar and ask to speak to the man in charge who they know as Gemini. The bartender pulls out a shotgun. Then everyone in the bar pulls out assorted weapons as well. Uh, the bartender whose name is Tillman says, Oh, you wanted to speak to the twins, uh, which the MC wiki synopsis didn't have, but I think it's very funny that Gemini refers to the shotgun. <laughs> um, also, the MC Wiki said that uh, he pulls out a Colt uh, 1878 edition model or whatever. And I was like, oh, wow. And then I went to the w- a website for it. And it's like, this is a brand of revolver. And I'm like, listen, I don't know guns, but that was a shotgun. So that's not it. But, uh, you know, far be it for me to correct the Wikipedia because I'm just so very lazy. Um, <laughs> the, first, the first thing I have is I looked up Tillman because I was like, oh, man, is that like Tollman? Cause like, it'd be cool to name someone Tillman if, it, if that name refers to someone who like used to like basically guard entrance to places. Um, but Tillman is an Anglo-Saxon name that was given to a farmer or a maker of tiles, which is kind of cool. Cause it's like a tile man or a till man who tills the, tills the earth for, for farming. Um, and then let's see, I don't know what order I wanna do this in. Let's do, let's do um, a quick Avengers ensemble.
0: Avengers Ensemble.
1: All right, so we have two—we uh, have two people here that we're going to meet. Um, and Mark, when we have guests, um, we like to work the Avengers Ensemble into a bit of a quiz. So um, I'm going to introduce um, after I do something real quick. Um, uh-huh. All right, all right. I'm gonna introduce the two uh, characters and the actors that play them, um, and then I'm going to give you uh, some uh, facts, and you're going to pick, is it the guy who plays Freddy, or the guy who plays Tillman? Okay? I called this, this segment Tillman or Freddy, so it's like true or false, okay? Okay. okay. So uh, the uh, guy who plays Freddy, who uh, I can't, I, did, I was gonna do research, but then I didn't because, uh, it would be a big spoiler for this whole adventure. Um <laughs> to know who Freddy is. But uh this is played by a man named Darren Barnett. Um one thing about him is that he is going to be the voice of Usagi in Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi chron- the Usagi Chronicles. Um Colin or Mark, do you know Usagi, the Samurai Rabbit? I do not know. Usagi Yojimbo? Yeah exactly yeah exactly so it's created
2: by the same people that made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right uh they crossed over somehow yeah um it's not the same creators though
0: right I was gonna say well, that, definitely not Eastman right yeah Stan well, Stan
2: Sakai is the guy who did Yosaki
1: at jimbo. I don't know if you know this about Stan Lee but um
0: his real name is no um his <laughs> samurai rabbit no um <laughs>
1: samurai rabbit Usagi Lee is the name of uh, Stanley, actually. Stan or right. I. Lee. Never mind. No. <laughs> no that, that, was Rai, good. that was good. That's that good. was very good. And then uh, the guy that played, uh, so Freddy is the name of the guy who um, actually it would not make sense for him to be the Tillman because he wasn't the guy that barred the door. That was a late night uh, rabbit hole, samurai rabbit hole that I didn't uh, <laughs> need to make. But um, uh, Freddy is the guy that opens the door and takes the password. Tillman is the guy that was working the, at the bar. Okay. Um, and uh, the thing about Tillman He's played by a guy named Greg Finley And the things I wrote down uh, I can't um, I can't say Because they're in the quiz So all right, Mark are you ready to play Tillman or Freddy Sure The the one and only time we're going to play this game But I gave it a title
2: feels, <clears> This <throat> feels right. historic
1: Yeah it's historic And <laughs> simpler <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a timeline um, Alright so who was in the Netflix show never have I ever Freddie okay correct who was in Secret Life of the American American teenager also Freddie that was Tillman he wow. played Jack and that show is is. I think on purpose, but it is the mo- the worst acted show I've ever seen. <laughs> Maybe cut that, but it felt like they were doing it on purpose because I've seen everyone else. Shailene Woodley was in that too, and I was like, "Boy, she's an awful actress." And then I see her in anything else, and I'm like, yeah, and "What is happening great. here?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, uh, so you're you're uh, one and one, mm. or one for two, I guess mm. is how we could say mm. it. Uh, who was in iZombie? She... Zombie? Oh, uh, gosh, well. Oh, Tillman. Yes, he was in nine episodes of *iZombie*. As Um, who? Yeah, I didn't write down who. Hold on one Uh, second. I did. I should have. I have it still open. Hold on. Just, just chill out. Just everyone, (laughs) everyone in the audience, just calm down. I've Um, seen three of five seasons. Drake Holloway. Drake Holloway. Wait, I know that name. I think he was a, a henchman of the guy that wasn't Spike from Buffy, but was also that same role. Um. I don't remember what his name was. The
2: blonde guy that was oh the guy yeah. the guy evil. oh
0: my god what is that guy's name the guy
2: who ran like... meat cute the butcher shop where he yes was. he was right. hustling yeah. brains.
1: I'm pretty sure that that uh, that uh, the guy that played Tillman was one of his henchmen uh, okay possibly one of of uh, what was the what was the the um, major whiteness what was his name pale. What? Huge white boy? What was the name of the of the main guy? Major Oh Major.
0: Oh, uh Major White 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 uh, Lily White. Major. Yeah. Yes. Major Lily,
1: yeah, the names on that show were so funny.
0: <laughs> they were great.
1: Because um, he was just a big white boy. I think he may have been also a friend of Major's. Um anyways, all right. So you are one in three, I think. Did you nope. get Die Zombie? He You got, got that right. Okay. Who is the grandson of a famous saxophonist? Saxophonist.
2: Saxophonist, Freddie.
1: Yes, that is true. His his grandfather is Charlie Barnett, who was famous in 1939 for making the song Cherokee. Okay, Um, so he would have Charlie Barnett would have been playing the saxophone right around 1931. Was when he was sort of starting. That's cool. Yeah. Who is one quarter Japanese?
2: Uh, Is that Tillman?
1: is not that is freddy Ah. um and he played on i never have ever he played a guy named like uh paxton yoshida and then some other name but like one of his whole storylines was that he was part japanese uh who was on the flash
2: oh um i'll say tillman there
1: that is correct he played tony woodward slash the girder um (laughs) that's an awful superhero name but (laughs) i, think I it's guess villain, that's dc but... so who was uh who was in american pie girls rules oh um it's a recent american pie movie yeah they made many direct-to-video yeah but it's the most recent i believe uh freddie correct he plays grant appears to be the guy in the movie <laughs> <Okay>. um <laughs> he's sure. the one on the cover looking like a boy there are sure a lot of girls on this cover um you know American Pie stuff uh who was in the <laughs> tv show that is the reboot of the old 70s tv show SWAT oh uh Tillman it was Freddie, and I picked that specifically because Tillman looks like he would be in on SWAT team and Freddie does not look like that
0: who the hell did Freddie play in a SWAT show
1: um, probably not anyone that uh, swats <laughs> that would SWAT. uh a Let's see, a non-Swatter. Uh, it's like anti-SWAT guy. Uh, no, he played <laughs> uh, someone named Corby. Corby <laughs> in an episode called Imposters. He was.
0: Oh, that's it. That's all. Corby. Like... Yep.
1: Um, and uh, all right. Probably so... got
0: SWAT He probably was the SWAT.
1: fan favorite. Corby
0: um, <laughs>
1: alright so uh, which man. actor has appeared in one episode each of CSI, SVU and House 2010 drama- dramatic staples those shows come on give me Tillman that is Tillman correct and now for all the Jimmy Bottles which one does my wife who you have met think is the cuter
2: one uh, let's say Freddie <laughs>
1: oof you'd think so but it was tillman Mm. and she was very relieved that it was the one that tillman is the one that is more closely in age to uh she and i he was born in 1984 and she and uh freddie was born in like 1991 or something so (gasps) what 1991 i think so i think so what's
0: up same same year yeah nice good job
1: good job both you and uh darren barnett
0: there's me high-fiving freddie yeah
1: yeah uh, Freddie Five. Hey Darren, um,
0: you can sh- uh, come uh, come on the show anytime. Yeah, okay. DPX. Um, you have very <laughs> little time to do it, but you you can come on the show. It has
1: to be like soon, but you know yeah. you have some time. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mark, excellent job on on our game of Tillman or Freddie. I think you got uh, uh, five five hundred percent. Incredible! Yeah, excellent job! Amazing! Wow.
0: That math checks out.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right, so Mark, do you want to talk about why Swordfish?
2: What does Swordfish refer to? Well, so obviously it's the um computer hacker thriller starring Hugh Jackman
1: mm-hmm. and right. uh, Exactly
2: ha- and Hallie Halle Berry. Berry. Halle Berry's boobs From, yes and specifically uh, the and, 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 John and Mr. John Travolta, yes. Right. Sir John Travolta. So uh when I watched uh the the, the scenes and, and um, there was the talk of the password being swordfish. I was like, <laughs> I see what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark's like, that's why I'm on. Yeah. This is ship. like, this it. is, this is the only reason <laughs> James is allowing me on his show.
1: Yes. That's how it's, that's been the dynamic. It hasn't been, please come on the show. Please, 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 please. <laughs> um,
2: So that as uh, Colson points out, is a direct reference to is it gosh what is a marks Brothers movie you, called horse feathers yep. right. during their uh, their time with Paramount Pictures was it 35? Right. no 30, Two. 32 32 yeah 30 right because he says it was gonna come out next year that's right he does um that's right that's yeah. right yes um, yeah it's like they must have hung out here which I yeah, thought that was was my favorite little moment of that scene because then I pictured that and yeah and that is for that was fun well then we need to blast over to
1: to the first of two questions for you Mark mm. Um because that interested you so much question number one who of the Marx Brothers would make the best agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. a follow up question who would make the best villain
2: well the best agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. would obviously be Harpo Correct. That is correct. These are these are not opinions. These are actual facts. <laughs>
1: um, Harpo is would make the best agent of Shield because he is quiet and uh,
2: good at disguises. Yes, uh, and also great at diversions, and gadgets. Gadgets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he has this uncanny ability to just hide everything inside himself. <laughs> right. So any gear, right. any technical gear, spy gear they would need on a mission, he's got pockets. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um and so best villain? Yeah. Uh okay.
1: You go one of two ways
2: on this, I think.
1: Um there's not really an answer. You can just pick your opinion, but uh, I have thought about this quite a bit. By which I mean like now and then a little bit when I wrote the question. <laughs> Sorry, the question
2: I had a typo there. Um uh, I, my instinct is to say Groucho because I've I've yeah. seen Groucho I've seen Groucho be a villain. Correct? That was my instinct as well. In actually a movie called Skidoo. Oh, really? Yes. His 23rd movie. <laughs> it's um I mean I can go into that briefly if you want, but that it's a wild Please. it's a wild movie uh made I think it was late 60s or maybe around 1970 or something is it post love happy yeah it has to right? yeah and it was an attempt to appeal to the youth Whoa. generation full oh, circle. no
1: nixon was on. It, it. Was a,
2: it was about it was basically a, a lsd was a huge part of it it starred jackie gleason no. it starred jackie gleason um uh is uh, it phyllis diller um frankie okay. avalon is in it um a, what? a, a bunch of a bunch of Actors you would know from that era show up. Um, so it's the Expendables Acid Edition. It's, it's sort of. It, <laughs> there's, and then um, uh, Groucho is oh what's his name? He's like this big Kahuna crime boss guy who. Uh, Roger Kahuna. I I can't remember all of it. Um, Stephen Skidoo. It's a it's a it's a very strange. It was, was a huge flop. It. Um yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know <laughs> it's mean... it's uh, I wish i i wish I wish I could describe this better. You could probably find a trailer for it on YouTube or something i oh, man. I would recommend finding this it's it's a, it's a time it's a time capsule if there ever was one, um, yeah, and um anyway, Groucho is still kind of like the Groucho persona, but it's angled in mm-hmm. just such a way that he's a little more menacing rather than sure, I can see know, that. rather than the harmless sexual harasser that he was in in a lot of right, his movies. Right. right, right. Yep. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's my answer. I I feel like that's kind of a yeah. simple or a cop well, I out. Think
1: was, I think Groucho is. I think Groucho is a good answer. I was also picturing Zeppo who was who would have like I'm tired of being like the and Zeppo like with you as always as Garth, like Zeppo sometimes there. Um and like As soon as... What's up? Just as soon as... Because Paramount was like, yeah, we can have all four. And then MGM? Was it MGM? Was like, hmm, three out of four. How about three out of four? Nope, not that combination. Zeppo, why don't you go over there for a sec? We're going
2: to drive you out to the wilderness (laughs) (laughs) and leave you. I think Zeppo, Um, I think he... His love was on the business side, ultimately, and he became a real high power Hollywood agent and I think was sort of like innovative in the way uh, actors and actresses were kind of marketed to studios. Yes. Is that
1: Have you learned about him in the class when you? C- Colin's, a, Colin's a business businessman. Uh, a little
0: bit. I, I am a business business major um, right now, uh, but no, I didn't learn about that. I actually just saw okay. it just now when I was looking something up because um, I was trying to find something. And I happened to literally I, <laughs> about a minute ago. I read that exact paragraph where they're like he left like the screen and ended up becoming one of the most influential uh, talent agency huh. owners um, in in the well, world at the time. Uh, but I wanted to say that I feel like Zeppo would be a great <clears throat> henchman. Ooh. Right, like going, like you know, hey, boss, uh-huh. kind of like yeah. that kind of guy, uh, and Groucho can mm-hmm. monologue, and looks great holding yeah, a cigar. Sure. So definitely, highfalutin villain. He's basically the penguin um, already. I, <laughs> <but>
1: that's
0: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I also want to point out that uh, I was curious about Skidoo and I looked it up. Uh, the villain that he plays is uh, <clears throat> God.
2: God. Yes, that's right. That's what. Yeah, he's not literally God. It doesn't go in that direction. But that's what. Does it go the Simpsons direction where his name is Godfrey? No. Okay. They also... He also was slumming it a bit, and and maybe this was his age, but there's a scene where he is really telegraphing that he's reading off cue cards. Oh, my God. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) I have... All all I have left is our music of 1931, which I'm very excited to get to because uh, of the things that I found while researching it... Um, that
2: tie in to our show and to Mark's interests a little bit maybe? Quick question. There's a song played in this scene, right?
0: (gasps) Yes, I looked it up. No, it's fine. I looked it up uh, and I've got news for you. (laughs) i was really hoping it was like an old old song that existed it was written in 2015 uh, yeah uh it's just like it's basically written for the uh, show and i was like really thinking because it's really well done yeah. so i was like wow i've never heard this song before of course i haven't you fool it's written by a guy who still lives you know so i was like he still was lives like, damn Like not for long, though. Um,
1: (laughs) I was watching the show and I was like, oh, you need to research this. And then something else happened. And I was like, I think maybe um, that was something else. I don't know. Something happened. I was like, I got distracted and completely forgot about that thing that I was going to research. What is it? What is the song called? Do you have any? Uh, It's called
0: She's a Rainbow by Jesse O'Mahoney and Theo Golding. Okay. Uh, The lyrics. Let me let me hit you with some lyrics real quick blue shoes blue nails a blue dress that never fails there's no color in the rainbow that my girl can't be red lips a red heart red skies when we're apart there's no color in the rainbow that my girl can't be she is a painter to some an artist to me and she holds her brush like she holds my dreams i am a canvas to her and she paints whatever she feels Oh, she's got yellow hair, green eyes, a violet voice to mesmerize. There's no color in the rainbow that my girl can't be. There's no color in the rainbow that my girl can't be. So we spent a lot of time on blue and red and just yeah. rush yellow, green, violet,
2: <laughs> which also indigo again, doesn't even make indigo, it Indigo, Yeah.
0: Indigo doesn't even make the cut. This is not even a full rainbow. So <laughs> it seems like, like there Crayola. is a color that she can't be, which is indigo. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so it's called She's a Rainbow? Yep. Like the famous Rolling Stones song? I guess. Of same name? That is I guess. different. This is, I is in, in my imagination, they were like, all right, what if we did like a 1930s version of that Rolling Stones song, She's a Rainbow? Will you know the lyrics? No. Well, you know how the song goes? Also no. Should we just use the title and then make up an entirely new song? Yeah, let's do it. And then they did it. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, there's like 8,000 songs called Radio, so, you know.
1: Right, but She's a Rainbow is a very famous Rolling Stones song. It'd be okay. like calling, like, Sympathy for the Devil, parentheses, no, not that one.
0: <laughs> 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 well, listen, technically, in a way, this one came first.
1: T- technically, <laughs> on our show, this one came first, yeah, for sure. Yeah, on our
0: show, this one came first. Um, I will s- one final thing, speaking of research... I spent a lot of time, because I don't know what I thought I heard in the episode, but I thought I had context clues as to where this speakeasy was. Mm. I need to admit something on air, which is I spent two and a half hours uh, trying to figure out where this speakeasy was, thinking it was a real place that they just sort of like, you know, like a real thing that they then sort of half fictionalized for their sh- right. by basically saying this thing that did exist we're pretending now uh, belong to shield i found nothing i spent an embarrassing amount of time searching for something to be like i'm gonna impress mark i'm gonna impress James i'm gonna <laughs> dog it does not exist and that's so angering on so many levels if i had known that 30 minutes in i would have well I guess I would have stopped anyway right but still it's just the fact that i kept going after saying hmm my first two searches didn't go. I should try more keywords. <laughs>
1: I, I'm probably not searching correctly. However, yeah, I did exactly. search "Marks Brothers" uh, with no quotes and got like a bunch of hits. And I'm like, really, Marks Brothers? So many hits! And then I was like, wait a minute, these are all brothers quotes. And it was like four. And I was like, that's that's what we're talking about. So I get yeah. the the search didn't work out like I thought it would. over uh, right. overcorrection. I also did think about searching. Uh, how many old post offices there would have been because the speakeasy is below an old
0: post office. That was part of what my search was. And again, I need to discuss like, I spent time trying to figure (laughs) out the buildings around it, you know, based on context. And I was going, okay, this can't be near Central Park because of this. So it's got to be, and I mean, I was looking up maps from the 30s of, you know, of New York City. I mean, I spent, I did at least 20 google searches of like different types of keywords and i came up empty handed uh but i guess the thing that i came back with was content so there's that
1: we uh we we are keeping the 1930s maps of new york city business alive with this show colin (laughs) because oh
0: my gosh we got a hit on google (laughs) quick print one
1: i know all about a certain area of the east village that i wouldn't have known otherwise if I hadn't had another not successful search for something. <laughs> um, <you> know. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark, do you have anything else that you want to bring up about this episode
2: or this scene? Rather. Um, not, not, not really. I, I, um, well, did, did you, did you, um, did you share the music stuff you had James? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Um, no, I, I I but I I will say I like the attitude and the 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 look and and feel of of the whole era here. Um Yeah. And and this this Coulson is a life model decoy, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. Um he has been booted up a couple times uh in
1: this episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so then I'd like to talk about the music of 1931 uh, We're going to talk about Al Boley's version of Goodnight Sweetheart Which I thought was oh. that famous acapella yeah. barbershop quartet thing yeah. oh, And it's, it's not. not It's not That's what like, I thought It's a different song yeah. it's, it's the She's a Rainbow of uh, barbershop <laughs> songs That was <laughs> <laughs> good thanks um so uh al boley was born albert alec that is a-l-l-i-c-k oh. um uh, boley which is uh the word that is the adverb for if something reminds you of bowling um he uh was a mozambican born south african british vocalist and jazz guitarist so uh al boley recorded uh more than one thousand songs in his lifetime oh um He worked a series of odd jobs in South Africa, including barber and jockey. And then he sang in a dance band led by Edgar Adler on a tour of South Africa, Rhodesia, India, and Indonesia. Rhodesia, India, and Indonesia. Hit that a little bit uh, harder because it sounded like I said the same word three times. During the mid-1920s. Then he was fired from the band in Surabaya, Indonesia. Um, So he started being in a band by Jimmy Lequeem. Uh, that is L I Q U I M E in India and Singapore. Uh, he made his first record, a cover version of Blue Skies by Irving Berlin, that was recorded with Adler oh. in Berlin, Germany. It's where you record Irving Berlin songs before.
0: It's in the late it's... 20s. Yeah. Yeah, 28.
1: During the next year, he worked in London with the orchestra of Fred Ella Zald. Uh, the onset of the Great Depression in 1929 resulted in Boley losing his job. You know, something just really quick something I don't think about is how the great depression was like a worldwide thing and not just an America Mm -hmm. thing. Um, that's probably maybe one of my most America centric, uh, things that I Uh, forget. uh, It's
0: that's just the, the way the school system works. Not you specifically
1: in in the 1930s. He signed two contracts, one in May, 1931 with Roy Fox singing his line band in his live band for the Monsignor grill, a stylish restaurant on German street in london and then he recorded he did another contract with band leader ray noble in november of 1930 Uh, during the next four years he recorded over 500 songs including the song we're going to talk about Um, but the guys i i stopped there and then this guy's life was fascinating so uh if you'll if you'll permit me i did some more looking into him um so then 1933 lou stone uh ousted roy fox as the Monsignor's band leader, and Bowley was singing Stones arrangements with Stones' band. After much radio exposure and a successful British tour with Stone, Bowley was inundated with demands for appearances and gigs, including undertaking a solo British tour. But continued to make most of his recordings with Roy Noble. There was a consider- there was considerable contra- there was considerable competition between Noble and Stone for Bowley's time. It's sort of like um, family ties in Back to the Future a little bit, um, you know. Another fox. Um, for much of the year, Bowley spent the day in the recording studio with Noble's band, rehearsing and recording, then the evening with Stone's band at the Monsignor. Many of these recordings with Noble were issued in the United States by Victor Records, which meant that by the time Noble and Bowley came to America, their reputation had preceded them. So then, uh, his absence from the UK in the early 1930s damaged his popularity with British audiences, despite his association with pianist Monia Leder, lighter probably but it's spelled like the uh metric form of volume measurement so maybe it's later uh his career began to suffer as a result of problems with his voice which affected the frequency of his recordings he played a few small parts in films but the parts were often cut and scenes that were shown were brief so that's a cool acting career (laughs) um no i've been in movies oh you can't see any of them they're in they're in scenes that are only shown in canada um Noble was offered a role in Hollywood, although the offer excluded Boley because the singer had already been hired. Because a singer had already been hired. Uh, Boley moved back to London with his wife Margie Margie in January 1937. Uh, he performed in England with his band the Radio City Rhythm Makers. By 1937, the band had broken up when vocal problems were traced to a wart in his throat, briefly causing him to lose his voice. Um, so he went to uh, New York City. It says he was separated from his wife, i don't know he, they, he didn't get a divorce so i guess i don't know they were separated or if it's a different form of separation than like capital s separated um and his, with like his band is all separation like, like yeah they were not living in the same place or something i don't know um, or, it made no, sense I mean, to me like, last night but
0: not like a marriage thing but like rather she's like oh, i'll stay here like i'll wait like yeah you know, exactly when you, whenever you're home uh, i'll see you again that's now.
1: what i thought but now reading the sentence again that's not it's weird yeah anyways he borrowed money from friends and traveled to new york city huh Huh? The place we're hey. talking about. For surgery on the wart in his throat. Yeah. Um, with the minister's success in Britain, he toured regional theaters and recorded as often as possible to make a living, moving from orchestra to orchestra, working with Sidney Lipton, Geraldo, and Ken Snake Hips Johnson. Maybe Geraldo. Probably not Geraldo. Snake Hips is a great nickname, right?
0: Snake Hips is a great
1: nickname. <laughs> in 1940, especially when you're like a, a band leader, because it's like if you're a dancer, that's one thing. You have snake hips. That's yeah. fine. But like, no, yeah. what have you done um, as a band leader?
0: <laughs> well, you gotta be careful about that. 19, in
1: 1940, there was a revival of interest in his career when he worked with in a duo with Jimmy Messine in Radio Stars with Two Guitars on the London stage. <laughs> it was his last All venture right. before his death in April of 1941. And so, when I read that, I was like, oh no, the wart it was cancer or something, right? So I was like, oh, no, that's horrible. Um, the partnership was uneasy. Messine was an alcoholic, and he was occasionally unable to perform. I was like, oh, no, the alcohol. Like, I was like, e- each time. And <laughs> um, Spoiler alert, you're not going to guess. This is not, you're not going to guess what how this guy died.
0: Hit by a bus.
1: You're going to get close to guessing, but <laughs> it's still not me. Being- <laughs>
0: uh run over by a plane
1: no you went in the wrong direction okay oh, Bowley shit. recorded okay. his last song about two weeks before his death it was a duet with Messine of irving Berlin's satirical song about hitler when that man is dead and gone um so he started with oh, irving no. Berlin and ended with irving
0: Berlin. um not a good song to end with
1: i mean it's a it's a
0: it's no, no a, i mean the fact the title oh yeah oh yeah yeah, I mean? yeah yeah i was like
1: yeah no, 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 yeah <clears throat> correct yeah um, not this man, that man. Um, yeah, you hear me, death.
0: Okay. The parentheses, not that one.
1: <laughs> right, right, exactly. It was the uh, yeah. I feel,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. In on <laughs> April sixteenth, nineteen forty-one, or the sixteenth of April, as they say in Britain, Bowley and Messine had given a performance at the Rex Cinema in Oxford Street, High Wycombe. Both were offered an overnight stay in town, but Bowley took the last train home to his flat at thirty-two Duke Street, Duke's Court, Saint James, London. He was killed by a Luftwaffe parachute mine that detonated outside his flat at ten past three in the morning. His body appeared unmarked because, although the explosion had not gotten him, it had blown his bedroom door off its hinges, and it hit him in the head and killed him. He got killed by a flying door.
0: (laughs) Dude, okay.
1: It's not. It's not funny, but it is also like how, how unlucky can you how be? Do you, I
0: mean, look, let me tell you this: the thing is, the only reason why it's funny to me is that I mean, a this was a long time ago already, but also like think of it like this: how many people die every year from like uh, I don't know, just like a heart attack, right? Yeah or um, they, there's a car accident on the highway and they don't make it, right. right? To then say, okay, so a bomb goes off, like, okay, so explosion, Blah, right. pretty rare. And they're like, well, no, the explosion no. didn't kill him. you go, well, then what did, oh, the house collapsing. No, I mean, yes, but no, the, actually the door blew open and the door here's the thing don't let the door hit you on the way out, <laughs> <right?
2: It's> like, <laughs> yeah, the, the
0: thing is he did let it hit him on the way on his way out
1: yeah it was in <laughs> fact the door that made him be on <laughs> his way out
0: <laughs> that said, on your way sir <laughs>
1: um so it says he was buried with other bombing victims in a mass grave at hanwell cemetery oxbridge road oh. hanwell where his name is given as Albert Alex Bully. I'm going to reiterate what his name was. Albert Alec, A-L-L-I-C-K. So he is buried under, Dude. they don't know I mean, what his name
0: listen, is. Listen, I'm not saying that you should, I mean, that you shouldn't show the same level of respect no matter what level someone is. But the fact that this man was famous yeah. and A was in a mass grave and they didn't even get his name right. I just feel like if, I, if there was a reason for ghosts to exist yeah to exist right this would be it i would just be at that site every day going pick up my name wrong like it's like scaring the shit out of people being like tell them to fix it yeah you know?
1: what's funny is like it's like but his name was al boley so it's like they he was famous this, under the under the wrong name right like yeah. it'd be like me misspelling madonna's last name like she has one i know she has one but i don't know how to spell it and oh shit she was, what
0: is madonna's last name
1: cicoci c-i-c-c-o-n-e I think it's Italian. Ciccone, I
0: think. Yeah, C I C C O N E. Yeah, wow.
1: I guess I do know how to spell her last name.
0: (laughs) 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 That was pretty funny.
1: Wow, bad example. Bad example. All right, so Goodnight Sweetheart was a popular British song, a British popular song written in 1931. It's been performed by Al Boley, heard of him, Kate Smith, Connie <laughs> Francis, Dick Hames, Gordon McRae, Sarah Vaughn, and some schlub named Dean Martin, among others. It was the theme song for the 1990s BBC time travel sitcom Goodnight Sweetheart, what? starring Nicholas Lyndhurst, which was named after it. Time travel sitcom. Mark, do you I know this weird. song? Good night, sweetheart. Um, I don't. I don't know all? if I do. Finish the sentence for me. It was also featured in the Star Trek episode.
2: Uh uh-huh.
1: Oh no. The City on the Edge of Forever. No way. Which has been frequently cited as the best episode of all the Star Trek series and movies. Uh, Here is the a brief synopsis. While the USS Enterprise is orbiting an unexplored planet, Chief Medical Officer Leonard Bones McCoy is treated an I- treating an injured Lieutenant Sulu when the Enterprise is rocked by a time distortion and McCoy accidentally injects himself with an overdose, with an overdose of cord- cordrazine, a dangerous drug. Delusional and paranoid, McCoy flees from the bridge to the transporter room, beaming himself down to the planet below. Captain James T. Kirk, leads a landing party to look for McCoy, and they come across an ancient glowing stone archway, which turns out to be the cause of the time distortions. They discover the archway to be sentient, and this Guardian of Forever, voiced by Bartel LaRue, explains that it is a doorway to any time and place. While Spock is recording historic images from the portal, McCoy escapes through it, The landing party suddenly loses contact with the Enterprise and the Guardian informs them that McCoy has altered the past and that the Enterprise and all that they knew is gone. So they have to go in to this uh, Guardian Forever archway. The Guardian permits Kirk and Spock to follow McCoy in an effort to repair the timeline. Spock times their passage so as to arrive where McCoy did ahead of when he'll arrive and they find themselves in, he said, leading up to the climax of the episode, New York City in 1930, during the Great Depression. This is the Star Trek episode that could not be more like these two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if it, tra- I mean, I guess it could be a year later, but that's it. Um, and Kirk and Spock could and find their way
2: into a speakeasy.
1: Absolutely, and become the Marx brothers. <laughs> um, Spock would be Zeppo, fight me. Um,
2: <laughs> Kirk would be Chico, we all know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is an episode that is one, like, world-famous Star Trek episode. Two, they had to have been thinking of this Star Trek episode when they were like, the you know, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are going to go back to the Great Depression mm-hmm. and be all, you know, 1930s fashion-y sort of stuff. Because this is the one where, do you know this episode now, Mark? The, I mean, I think I have a picture in my head of, like, the, the the guys dressed up in their nice fedoras and and pinstripe suits
2: and stuff, right? No, that it. No, that that's a, a piece of the action. That's oh, where. That's a much better. Um, cycle. I I forget.
1: Um, I forget. McCoy drugs himself again, and.
2: <laughs> well, no, in that in that one, stuff. there's something about. Accidental, um, right? It's heroin. This this planet has evolved just like Earth. And okay. they find so themselves. They find themselves in. is what is essentially 1930 way. Chicago, and Kirk um, and Kirk and Spock get embroiled in the mafia or the Chicago the mob. mob. Yeah, the mafia. And so yeah. there's a scene where you know, a hilarious scene where they're trying to drive a, like a old model T or, Right. Yeah. that that's that's when they're in there. Yeah. It's hats and suits and all that. Right, hats and suits. I think and hats Spock and suits. wears a beanie, in. In City on the Edge of Forever to hide his ears.
1: Oh, sure. Wait, okay, a beanie, not like with no, the no, no. on top. No, got no,
0: no, no, like the just like a ski like cap, a, uh, sack cap yeah, a ski cap, yeah,
2: a uh, toboggan,
0: like the Life Aquatic. Yes. Oh, oh right. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, got it. That's the Life Aquatic with boxy That's the uh, <laughs> that's the episode where yeah, Kirk falls in love with Joan Collins. Right, exactly. She, and she basically... You know, McCoy
1: falls... Is it Kirk or McCoy?
2: Kirk. Okay.
1: Anyways, they have to kill her.
2: Yes, because her she starts this worldwide peace movement <laughs> yeah. that basically lets Hitler win World War II. Yeah, she
1: starts a peace movement so the Nazis get nuclear capabilities and overthrow the world. The Hydra wins, basically, yes. if they...
0: What they have to do is they have to... Uh, push her in front of a yeah, let her truck. get hit yeah. by a car
1: now they don't push her they just don't stop her from getting cranked by a truck it.
0: i don't know why well yeah that's right that's it the thing is for some reason i've seen that episode like 40 times i think it's because we had it on vhs yeah and it's like my dad was like obsessed with like the, that, it's that the whole best tape one. it's
2: one of yes it's one yeah. of the best yes
0: but i remember at one point being like can we watch anything <laughs> else? i was
2: like <laughs> The city on the edge of,
1: it was, um, it was
0: one of those things where, like, when I was sick, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and had to stay home from school. Like, my dad would put that on in, like, the, in the VCR kind of thing. And I remember one time being like, I'm so sick of this episode. Can I please, like, I was like, can you just go to Blockbuster and get something? I just, like, I'm tired of all the stuff that we have. And my dad went to Blockbuster and bought back the Maltese Falcon Ooh. for a nine-year-old <laughs> child. And I was like, this sucks. I'm going to go to sleep. So I slept through it. Um, and I watched it later on as an adult because I was like, yeah. half that movie I was had a fever and it felt like a fever dream. No, it turns out it's just a weird movie.
1: Film, film noir is, is weird to watch when you're sick, that is for sure. <laughs>
2: um,
1: Mark, though, did you? Um, I for sure was shown Maltese
2: Falcon when I was about nine. I'm assuming Mark, similar, I didn't see Maltese Falcon until college.
1: Oh, wow, I thought you liked movies and stuff, anyways. Um <laughs> So yeah, uh, wild, wild crossover with what we are talking about in this uh, couple of months of Agents of Shield, City Pretty on the Edge crazy, of, yeah. of uh, Forever. They also had other returns to this Guardian of the Universe. What is it? Guardian of Forever. Forever. I should have just gone with the word that was in my head. Where like uh, James Doohan did the voice in the animated series, mm-hmm. um, and they had to go and it was always time travel. You know, anyways.
2: He- he was the go-to guy for alien voices on the animated series.
1: I am done with uh, music of 1931. Uh, Al Boley's "Goodnight, Sweetheart" (parentheses, not that one) uh, and I'm going to throw it to Colin for social media
0: absolutely you can find timeline scavengers yes that one uh (laughs) at timeline scav on twitter and instagram uh you can find the scavengers network the podcast network that we're proud to be members of at scavengers net and ScavengersNetwork.com. uh and you can find lots of great shows uh to check out on that uh website such as let's do uh new to the network the lost years it's a 1990s uh retro no, retrospective fan cast currently they're going through boy meets world uh and it's very fun uh because boy howdy do i love boy meets world uh and i love uh sid and tay they're fantastic um and they're
1: going to be joining us at some point on this show for yes sure.
0: they will actually they're both going to be on this show um at some point in the future i don't remember how this timeline works but yeah you'll hear them soon
1: or 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 in the future or, or in the past.
0: Right. That oh god, that's so true. You never know. By this point you there could have been an episode that we recorded in the future but came out in the past. Ooh, weird uh, if you want to find me though you can find me at colin m parker uh, you can also find the guy who made the music at the beginning and ending of this show we want to give a shout out to him his name is nick bramald and he's fantastic you can find him on twitter at n as in nick and then bramald b-r-a-m-a-l-d and find his website at NickBermaldComposer.co.uk. Uh, and that's going to do... it. Uh, not no, 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 not host Twitter. Uh, James, where can people find you?
1: Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us here, Mark, um, on Timeline Scavengers. And also thank you to you, listener, for joining us here on Timeline Scavengers. Uh, that's going to do it for us on this episode. So we'll see you next week. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm Jim Anderson.
2: And I'm Mark Hutchins. Mmm, pumpkin.
0: Andrew Rosas, and I'm Drew Saplin, and we're hosts of The The Most. Most. What's The Most? Well, it's a show where we have guests on and ask them the most questions. What's the most fooled you've ever been? I think by the (laughs) the United States government. It's been (laughs) probably mine. Yes. (laughs)
2: you, You were in the war too?
0: We also ask a series of rapid fire questions at the end of the show for some heated competition. Would you rob a bank if you knew you'd never get caught? Yeah. If you were expertly covered in feathers, do you think you could fly? No. Would you say that we're
2: friends? No. How many ounces in a gallon? Again, we're not friends.
0: Until now, the most has only been available on the Rooster Teeth website. But now we're taking this award-wanting talk show to the masses in podcast form. Like, where... yo, there's a pop down the street i still uber eats that shit <laughs> hey, i mean i, I can see uber eats <laughs> i can see it from my window yeah. Was, yeah mcdonald's yeah. is right there too there's there's a there's come a on we all do down, down the we... street after a year on the rt site the reviews are in and critics are celebrating the show calling it quote an hour long and live on tuesdays what's the most compelling conspiracy theory let me preface this by saying, I know we went to the moon. <laughs> oh my God. The RT community is also a buzz over the most, naming it one of their top 50 favorite Rooster Teeth shows. In a world with so many podcasts, two brave dudes in their 30s looked at a roiling sea of content and said, Us too. We're truly very excited to take the most of podcasts as we continue to ask the tough questions, tell stories, and uh, learn some sage wisdom from our esteemed guests.
2: It's important <laughs> to buck up everything you do, at least once like come on stage that is, that is some burn a advice. meal crash your car <laughs> overdose get a divorce like you need to fuck these things <laughs> up in Northern order time. to be
0: good at them if you love the show tell a friend and if you hate it i don't care tell an enemy and listen to the most wherever you get your podcasts the scavengers network
1: creator driven community focused treasured content